the benefits of tradition are going to be the same things that stop you from progressing. Right. Because you're going to want to keep those things. However, progression is the only way that you can allow growth in. Right. And that's really what we're talking (sighs) about. It's like this conundrum, this oxymoron (laughs) of like, wait, y'all said to keep it the same in order to create the harmony and keep it going. Right. But then you're saying over here that I have to change if I want to grow. Yep. That's what we're saying. And that's why we're talking about it. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I am Edward J. Copeland. What's the, the J first for? and only. Right, because you get <laughs> all chicks. <laughs> all daughters, guys. What's the J for? The J is for Jesus. It's not. You don't even know how to say Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> You're all Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> it's not. It is... Um, should I give my my middle name? Is that too much? All right, don't. That's Joseph too much. is a powerful name. Edward Joseph Copeland. The first, last, and only. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you never know. The kids may name if they have a son or something like that. They may name name him after well, me. They can't name him a junior. What are they going to? No, they the don't second? have to name it. Yeah, it's like isn't that what it is? It's the second. If you have the exact same name and you're not a junior, I wouldn't hold on to that because expecting your daughters to give their sons along with the permission and collaboration of their husbands the exact same name that their father has i plan on being a, a huge influence on whoever they decide to take it in as a partner wow okay spouse <laughs> well welcome back to the push podcast you guys this is episode number 81 oh 81 yeah and today we're gonna be talking about tradition versus progression mm. right yeah, so and there's so much to unpack. Right. However, 100%. 100%. However, we only have her for a few for a few moments cuz she's still recovering. Yeah, I'm not on drugs though. Okay. I am not on any sort of opioids, Vicodin, anything. Uh now everybody thinks that I'm actually doing drugs, so who knows if YouTube will even play this, but <laughs> I had surgery about what, nine, 10 days ago or so and I've been slowly recovering. Mm-hmm. This is the first day that I actually put on semi-normal clothes. I'm, I actually have on pajamas down below and slippers and it's all good. I'm feeling like I'm Well, I'm you're slowly... no different than any other person right now doing this kind of social distancing stuff. Everybody's been wearing pajama True. bottoms on, on Zooms and True that. different calls and stuff like that. So Yeah, so I'm Not recovering. I'm weaning myself off of the drugs off. because <laughs> I... Getting I, off the horse? I probably asked my doctor 16 times, are you sure I'm not going to be addicted to this? Are you sure? Like, what? how long do you think I'll have to take this? And she said a solid two weeks. And I'm proud to say after nine days, I'm like, I don't want this anymore. Yeah. And funny story, Eddie and I always tell everyone that if we had any sort of marital issues, we could work anything out except for what, babe? Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Ex- 
explain. Well, I mean, there's a lot of layers to that. Well, one, I think that we have pretty addictive personalities in a sense where mm -hmm. if like we get on to focus on something, like we're like 100%. And right. so I am not going to fall short of doing drugs. Like I'm going to go. You're going to do a, it well. I, if I'm doing drugs, I'm going to be a high performer. Wow. Right? Just joking. <laughs> but I think we approach many things like that. So we have <laughs> realized and recognized that that is a downfall for us in one category. And that again is drugs. And, so, and, you know, and if you've and if you are a recovering addict, I, yeah, we're not being not downplaying. We know how powerful it is. I mean, think about this: when people like they will sell like right. their kids and stuff like that for like, heroin kill. and all that kind of thing. So this is a serious thing, but. We understand that that is a powerful thing. We want no part of it. Well, that's a no-no for us. And, you know, to go back so you don't think we're being insensitive, like addiction runs deep in our family. And so we're speaking from what personally what has happened in my family, how it's impacted the children, how it's impacted adult relationships. And so, you know, anything that happens in our marriage, we can get through. Right. But we know. So the the one rule we live by in our marriage is also be responsible and accountable for your own shit, right? right? <laughs> so you can't say crazy things to me right. and then turn around and apologize. It doesn't work like that. Like right. if you're going to exercise a lack of control, mm, I don't want to be with someone like that. Well, so that I has think worked for us. Yeah, that was part of the philosophy, but also like words you have control over. So if you are intentionally using words to try to harm me, then there is a lack of respect there right. and there's a disrespect that is not in a loving relationship, no matter how upset you are of someone. Right. So uh, if you were in one of those kind of crazy, toxic relationships where oh, you- it feels like, so good. It feels so good to go yell at someone and say, fuck you. And you, know, you say, <laughs> fuck you too. And, you know, so <laughs> if you're in that kind of relationship- Get out. <laughs> um, you should probably change that. You right. know, maybe get to a place where you don't do that. Right. Unless- Unless, what? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just gonna say this. Some people have a different relationship with language and words, right? Okay, we'll get into that but later because I know where you're going. With I you. have a different relationship with, like, I love words. Words matter to me. They're important to me. As you can see in our bookcase, like, we like to read. And so words are part of reading, right? I don't know if you can read without words. You can't. Uh, no, you can't. Okay, but up. what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is that. Just make sure that there's a level of respect. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Reeling us back in. <laughs> I don't know how we got there. I don't either. But the thing that we exercise in our marriage is not to have a lack of control. Right. And so to be accountable for your actions and your words. Correct? 100%. Are we in the same marriage here? We, we so marriage. we have come to the agreement that anything that we choose to put each other through, right. we know that we have to be responsible for being conscious in choosing that. Uh -huh. Right. And so, therefore, if you choose to subject our family to drugs <laughs> and addiction and you start, you know, stealing from our household, I'm going to put you out. You're yeah. going to be homeless. And we're going to drive past you on the street. And I'm going to be like, look, guys, wave to your daddy because I love him so much and I miss him. But I'm not going to be the one to stand by right. your side and put you through rehab because you knew you shouldn't have done that. Right. right. So that's the only like line in the sand that we have. Right. right, shake right. on it. Shake. Well, it's so funny. Our kids are like grown, so you act like you're packing them in the car. Yeah, wave at your dad. Wave at your dad. They're twenty. They're years like, beep beep. My dad going to work. <laughs> so, anyways, enough uh, about that. Yeah. Do you have? Oh, we have some reviews that we. Yeah, do I want to talk about some, some reviews we got. So, I want to shout out Carol Wants. 
wants. Uh, wants. What does Carol want? Carol she wanted wants, to leave a she review. She wanted to leave a review. And so she listened to episode 77 and had this to say. She said, Eddie and Janelle speak to the people on a level that relates to multiple people. I agree. We do. Read the review. <laughs> Thank you. By the way, so episode 77 was about welcome to your funeral. Yeah. So seven, uh, so much to rethink about uh, how we process information. So she just listened to how to prepare uh, for your problems. Oh, no. She's mentioning a couple different ones here. Okay. So uh, just how to prepare for your problems. Tremendous information. Uh, I really enjoy the energy. Uh, and she appreciated our insights. And uh, she feels like we're doing sacred work. Uh, and she said episode 77 was powerful. So she mentioned a couple of different episodes in that one review. Carol, we appreciate you and thank you so much. Absolutely. Love it. Thank you, Carol. The next one is Miss J.G. Burgos. Janelle, you apologize if it sounded morbid when you guys were so not morbid in episode 77, Welcome to Your Funeral. I want to thank you guys for doing this podcast. I recently started a journal, not just to write about my thoughts and goals and emotions and feelings, but in search of sanity and personal growth. But I started a journal because I just wanted, in case I leave this earth permanently, I want my family to know what I didn't have the time to say or what I couldn't spit out or what I was afraid they wouldn't remember. I love that. Right. She said, I actually felt morbid starting the journal, but you both put it into perspective for me and I no longer feel morbid. It's crazy that I've thought about my husband and when he passes, how I could carry on his legacy and what I would do. I felt morbid for thinking about that too. But when I think about my passing, I feel sad for my children I feel sad for my husband. I'm going to write these 30 questions down in my journal and answer them for my loved ones. And I don't just want to ask my parents. I think that I want to ask everyone. So thank you so, so much. That's just Tina G. Burgos. We really appreciate you guys. All of your feedback lets us know that we're on the right track because when we did that funeral, welcome to your funeral, it was just about like 30 questions to ask your parents or just to reflect on life and have some reverence for it. And we got so much great feedback about that. And who would have thunk it? Yeah. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about tradition versus progression. Y'all want to know why? Because I've had nothing better to do except sit here, rest, recover and watch the crown. That's why. And because I am a good partner, I watch it with you. (laughs) But we're watching this. And I think we've said this before. When we watch television, it, it is it's like, a learning experience. Yeah, we we pause, we discuss, we talk about what we just saw. Uh, not just because we're nerds, but because like we want to make sure are we seeing the same thing here? Right. What's your take on this? And like, and we, it's always very interesting. But The Crown, if you haven't watched it, it's a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's about six seasons in, or no, it's I think four. It's four seasons. I'm gonna be real with in. you. I almost aborted mission maybe three, four episodes in. You've got to watch it with the subtitles. You've got to understand <laughs> that they use different language. They're from the UK. Right. It's definitely a different dialect. Eddie was so intrigued by the way they consistently insult each other. And he just thinks it's great. Right. And so it gave me a perspective. And that's why I was mentioning it right. when we were talking about um, words. It gave me a perspective that depending on your relationship with language and how you communicate most often, that's most authentic to you. Sometimes harsh language or what I would consider rude as hell, because <laughs> they talk <laughs> crazy to each other uh, in the most proper, uh, formal way possible. But I realized that they would—they never took offense, and right. I think that it was a there's a snobbish 
aristocratic mm-hmm. way that they communicate. And there's this undertone of you know, like you're beneath me kind of it's thing. elitism. For it sure. is, it's definitely elitism. But it made me think like, OK, I get it. They have a different way of talking to each other, because if someone said that to me, that's some disrespectful right. shit. Right? And- <laughs> I think you want to be them, though. Like you want this vocabulary that's just so offensive that when you say some crazy shit to someone, people don't like, notice. What did he actually <laughs> just so say? wretched? Right. <laughs> and so that's number one is like the language to just listen to it. It's a different culture. Right. And, you know, that's something to pause and talk about. Another thing to pause and talk about is the fact that and this might be something you guys are like, The Crown, I'd never sit there and watch. You okay, don't have to. Buckle up and just listen to the cliff notes because we're <laughs> about to talk about it. It's about, you know, the Queen of England and how she becomes the queen. And it's about the traditions of what holding the crown means mm-hmm. to not only the family, the royal family, but also to the people that hold the royal family in high regard, Right. So right. We don't have a monarchy. That's just not what we do in the United States. And mind you, what's so interesting about this is that we don't have any of those things. Like we have elected officials, and then the UK has like they have a democracy as well. But over over the democracy or alongside the democracy, they have a monarch that is purely created based off thin air. Like there's the power that they have is just like given to them, not because of they they earned it or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just. They're born into royalty, born right? Into and, royalty. They, and they're kept in this this place of royalty simply because the people in their own minds have created this place for them in their lives, right? Right? Of power, right? Of wealth, authority, wealth, yeah, uh, it's, everything. It's pretty amazing. Prestige, yeah. Okay, so here's where it gets tricky. Y'all saw the interview with <laughs> Meghan Markle on Oprah, Prince Harry, and. Regardless of what side you're in or you're on, I was talking to my sister, Richland. She's like, well, we don't have this, but I can't imagine that the people in the UK are probably like, F Meghan Markle, she's messing stuff up, right? And Mm -hmm. I said, well, I think that if I had to bet in the UK, it's very much divided with people who are holding on to tradition and being really conservative with the way that we do things versus the people that are, you know, striving for progression, very similar in the United States to Democrats, Republicans, right? And so you have these two separate classes, if you will, in the UK, that some of them are like, oh, we need the queen, we need the royal family, we want to be a part of these fairy tale Mm -hmm. weddings, and, you know, Megan's messing it up, and she's putting the monarchy in jeopardy, that sort of thing. Right. And then you have other people in the UK who are more progressive, who are saying, hey, 100 years ago, number one, marrying a black woman or bringing a black person into the royal family, mm, not going to happen. Right. right? And also, you couldn't even have dated someone who was or married someone who was a divorcee. Mm -hmm. So you have 100 years ago, the original king decided he wanted to fall in love with someone who was a divorcee. She was American. Not the original king, but King Edward. King one Edward. Of the kings. <laughs> and this so goes back a thousand years. This so. guy falls in love. And basically, you know, they say you either pick her and abdicate yourself from the throne. So you are no longer the king or you get rid of her, kick her ass to the curb because who cares about love? Right. And you rule this nation. Well, and I think it was exactly that. But I think the other layer to it is the tradition is so formal, embedded, is so embedded that they want 
the prestige and, and they they want the perception of perfection. Right. Right. So they want everything to be a model of how they want every citizen to live. Right. And so marrying someone that was a divorcee goes against the, that tradition. Right. And so there you have this first kind of element and where we're going to get to in this conversation is you have tradition and, and the qualities and what is important around tradition. But then you have this other side that says, well, in order to keep pace with time, in order to meet people where they are and really mm-hmm. be relatable, you've got to have progression. Right. And, and that progression is where the fight happens. Like, yeah. But we see it here in the United States as well. Right. You see it also in your own life. Right. Right. In the things that you were taught in your family structure. And that that is the thing that we're that's where the the biases and all the different things that we've talked about in this podcast before come. But also when you and we'll get into this. But when you think about your own life, what are some of the things that there are habits and foundational things in your life that you're trying to hold on to? But it's also fighting against your ability to progress. Right. So that's the point of today's episode is just like, when does tradition become cumbersome? When does tradition getting in the way of equality and acceptance and progression, right? Right. And so as the crown unfolds, you know, each generation has different things where they're fighting for love or they're fighting for freedom, they're fighting for independence. And in this family, it's like, no, it doesn't matter what you're fighting for. That's not how we do things in this family. We (laughs) are better than everyone. Pull it together. So it doesn't matter that you have mental health issues. It doesn't matter that the love of your life you want to marry. That is a hard no. Deal with it. That's your responsibility. And your life is full of privilege. So suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. And what I found that was really strange, to, to add to what you just said, this strange duality of like, there's this tradition that they're all trying to uphold because that is what makes them relevant. Right. Right. Without that, they don't even exist. At the same time, that same tradition is destroying them personally, individually. Right. Because behind the, behind scenes. the scenes, because like with anything, like things change and life yeah. changes, and you change and all of a sudden you love different things. You want different things. You want to have a different life. At the same time, you're trying to keep something the same. So you're trying yeah. to have both and yeah. it doesn't work. And they're miserable. And I think that's why you saw Prince Harry and Megan say, F this. Forget that because that would drive you crazy. Oh, absolutely. Like the one thing that makes you special also is destroying you. Right. Right. And so, and everything that comes along with that, right? All the responsibilities. The the media and, Mm -hmm. and the responsibility and all the different things that come along with that is crazy. But what I want to talk about really quick, just to, to keep on this, is why is tradition so important? Mm, tradition's like a foundation in most cases and mm-hmm. most families, right? And I I love traditions. Like we've tried to create traditions with our family, especially around the holidays. A lot of it is around food, things that we enjoy coming together for. And I hope that our family carries on some of those traditions with their kids, yeah. you know, making family important. But where tradition can get in the way of progression is let's take, you know, my brother-in-law Tony. Tony, shout out to Tony Lao Ungai Tafa, my brother-in-law. He's Samoan. We had this really beautiful conversation about the fact that in the Samoan culture, you know, there's so many families and you have a chief that basically the families report to. The right. chief kind of takes money from each of the families and everyone's kind of working 
and contributing to this big pot. If someone passes away, then there's money for the funeral. It's your obligation to come and host, you know, whether it be bake sales or car washes or whatever fundraisers to kind of keep this like going, this money financial thing going. So that way it's equally dispersed among the families. Right. And that's great. And that works if you're living on an island, right? Right, right. That worked probably for the centuries prior. But fast forward to 2021, and Tony's like, okay, I love my family and I don't want to go against the tradition, but also like I want to earn money to buy a house. I right. want to not have to feel obligated to go to every single third, fourth, eighth cousin's funeral every other Tuesday because right. there's always someone passing away. Unfortunately, the family's so big. I also don't want to be contributing to this big pot that if my family's not needy, we don't actually get any. Right, right. right. And so it was just this beautiful conversation of like tradition is great, but when does it become something that hinders your progress, right? Yeah, because there's not only that, it's, there's ideas that come along with that, like how the va- family sees you and what and what place you you kind of occupy in the world and, right. and, and want to make sure that, hey, you're not going too far outside of the family. You're not going too far into kind of the westernized thinking right. where you're forgetting some of the values that are so important. Because, well, that's what it is because right. Tony obviously married my sister, Jessica, who's not Samoan. Right. So then it's like, oh, you're whitewashed now. You're destroying the family traditions. And it's like, no, I'm building a family. I'm making markling over here. And this is what we want to do to make sure that our kids can go to college. And so that was just a beautiful conversation because someone that came from multiple cultures who feels like I don't really fit in anywhere, you know, like. Oh, you've got its progression. So do I. (laughs) And so like I'm Filipino, right? When I go, when I was at the hospital, almost every one of my nurses was Filipino. It came up in conversation. Oh, I'm Filipino too. You guys would be surprised. Filipinos are like, you're not Filipino. <laughs> like, I have to give you recipes to like freaking food that I make yeah. and show you my ancestry for y'all to like accept me, which is totally bullshit. Right. Right. But like, I don't really fit in anywhere because I don't look like anyone. So my whole life, it's been like, what are you? Right. God damn it. I'm a human. Don't well, ask and, me that. So, so but the point is, is like. I remember liking a Samoan boy in junior high school and he was like, dude, I like you, but I like I can't. The Samoan girls would beat you up, right, you know, right. and we would get into all of those different races. I didn't fit in into any of those. So that was difficult. Right. But that kind of ties into the whole tradition. Mm-hmm. How do you not piss off your family? How do you keep those things that they hold near and dear to their heart sacred? And how do you also progress? Because let's be real, it's 2021. Yeah. And, and and so for many of you that may be thinking, well, I don't really have like a family structure like that, like My a Samoan family. My brother-in-law is not Samoan. And, and uh, yeah, and I don't come from the UK, and so I don't understand that. I will tell you this, you do have some things that your parents have passed down to you that we, you may not necessarily call them traditions, but they are kind of tradition in a way of thinking and ideas and and, you know, when you when you pass along things like a poverty mindset or maybe you pass along an abundance mindset, like well, those are kind of traditional thinking. And, and what you'll find is that when your family comes together, listen to the conversations. Yep. They are they are showing you what it looks like to be a part of a tradition. Right. And here's some of the other things that are really good about tradition. So there is a sense of identity. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you belonging, f- belonging, when you feel like you can connect 
because of something that's common kind of a, there's a common interest as a center of the family that like, hey this is this is what we are all about right and I think that's a beautiful thing and you know being a black man is saying there's very few if any traditional things simply because of the black family being you know being kind of broken apart from its roots then you know you you almost have like this place where you say you're kind of trying to create something out of nothing, right. right? In a sense, and so obviously there's some traditional things for you know soul food and things like that. But I think that you're talking about like the UK, you're talking about Samoans, you're talking about even some of our Asian uh, friends. They have thousand year traditions right. that they practice. That wow, it's amazing. But at the same time, does it get in the way of progression? Okay, this is where I was going with uh, when I made it about me, like me not fitting in. Yeah. So my sister and I, you know, we're the same culture, feeling like we didn't belong. So looking at Tony's family is something that like we longed for. We wished we had that deep rooted culture. I wish I was taught to dance. I love the Samoan wedding dance. Like I love that stuff. Right. And so it's interesting when you're in the culture, you feel a certain way about it. But when you are not a part of any culture or tradition, you kind of long for it, right? right? And so this conversation today is about like, at what point do you stop and recognize the fact that you have traditions, you have beliefs, you have ideals, all of these things that have been embedded in you since childhood. Do you know that for the most part, the way that you respond and your actions, the way you process things? You have that developed fully by the time you're seven years old. Mm. You don't know anything about the external world except for what was taught to you inside of your home. Right. So if you are a mother or father raising children and all you do is freak out, all you do is, you know, run a messy house or it's disorganized or you always feel like, God, I can't catch a break. You know, there's always something wrong or there's never enough money. All of those things, congratulations, you just pass those down to your seven-year-old. And unconsciously, it's going to come out when they are in their 30s, now trying to figure out how to raise their children. And so those are the things that we want to talk to you about today. Those things that you didn't realize they were deep-rooted traditions. You didn't realize that those were beliefs that were bestowed upon you, like the royal family, (laughs) but you have them, right? Right, right. And, uh, you know, we see this in, like, how people raise their kids. And, you know, if there's traditionally the kids are are really protected, right? You don't let them do many things. You don't let them go on little adventures where they do things. Helicopter parents. Yeah, helicopter parents. That is a traditional way of of parenting in some cultures, Right. Right. And what ends up happening is that tradition doesn't necessarily match what's required for the new world. Right. Right. Where you've got to be daring. You've got to take on risk. You've got to be able to to really find a way to make something different in your life. Right. And if you can't do that, then all of a sudden you go back and say, why am I so stuck? Right. Why am I finding myself in this place where I feel like I can't progress a lot of times it's those fundamental traditions that have been kind of embedded in you that are really stopping you and putting you into a place where you can't move forward. Right. So this reminds me of the conversation we had on Clubhouse a couple of days ago. Shout out to Clubhouse. Like you guys have got to get on Clubhouse. If you're not, I know you're probably thinking, God, it's another thing for me to keep up on. It's another thing for me to grow. It's not about growing a following on Clubhouse. It's about being a part of conversations that right. you don't even have to contribute to. They're just happening And you want to be a part of those. So we hosted a room the other night about 
pursuing and maintaining and managing through your relationships with your loved ones, friends, and family while chasing entrepreneurship. Right. And it was really a great conversation. But what kept coming up for most of these female business owners pursuing entrepreneurship is my husband doesn't support me because this isn't traditionally our role. Mm. Well, they didn't say that. They said, my husband's not supporting me in my business and I need help on figuring out how to get him to see that this is something I want to do. Right. So our advice was, well, historically, what has your marriage looked like? What did you sign up for? What were his expectations? What were your expectations? Because right. if you've been married for 5, 10, 15 years and you've been a stay-at-home mom, And you've been maintaining the household and you've traditionally done the laundry, not to say that that's your job, but that has become his expectation now. And so now you just decided to change the contract, but we got to re-up it. Yeah. And I want you to keep going. And I want to know, want you guys to understand the impact of that. Remember, traditions bring comfort. They bring certainty. They bring common ground. And so when you settle on that in a relationship, that that's the tradition right. and you want to break apart, you're breaking apart. You're breaking part of the, the contract. Yeah. And so I think that that is a good point. I just, the benefits of traditions, remember, are the things that are going to stop you from making changes. Right. And so that's, that's the hard thing. Yeah, and that's so where they say were that stuck. again. The benefits the, of tradition. The, the benefits of tradition are going to be the same things that stop you from progressing. Right. Because you're going to want to keep those things. However, progression is the only way that you can allow growth in. Right. And that's really what we're talking about. It's like this conundrum, this oxymoron (laughs) of like, wait, y'all said to keep it the same in order to create the harmony and keep it going. Right. But then you're saying over here that I have to change if I want to grow. Yep. That's what we're saying. And that's why we're talking about it. Right. Yeah. And I think here's the question is when do you abandon tradition for progression? right? Right. Because. Like we have had this in our relationship where we we're partners, like we right. we come to the table together. Right. Right. And I don't think that's ever going to really change. But we are creating a tradition within that. Right. Now, if that was to, t- to change, when do you abandon that? When do you say, OK, well, this tradition, because now it's 2030. Right. And we got to think differently. This is not going to work anymore. Well, we have abandoned lots of traditions. So I'll give you an example. Historically, most of the time, the women do the cooking, they do the cleaning, they do all this stuff. Just so we're clear, in the beginning, first episodes, we talked about how we met, how Mm -hmm. we got married, all that stuff. So go back and listen to like episode one or two. (laughs) But we met doing the same job. I literally was also a store leader, just like you in the corporate world, working in consumer electronics, leading a team working 10, 12 hours a day, just like you, by the way, doing that shit in heels, right? Mm -hmm. So when we decided to start a family and get married, I'm saying I I did it looking better is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) And more in discomfort, right? Yeah, yeah. So when we came home and we were married, starting to establish like what our rhythm was going to look like, it was very hard in the beginning because I remember you asked me a couple of times, like, what's for dinner? And I'm like, I don't know what is for dinner. Mm -hmm. I literally just worked the same amount of time that you did. And so we had to say, okay, pause. We're either going to get a divorce uh, because we're not on the same page with these invisible expectations. Right. Or we need to figure out foundationally what's going to work for our family. Right. And so that's when it was like, okay, well, I don't have a problem cooking for you, but what can you do? Right. And so I, I love that because what you just said there, and I hope you guys all caught that. That's when you abandon tradition. Right. Right. When tradition threatens progress. Right. 
because there's no such thing as staying the same, right? And so that's why this whole monarchy thing is so in jeopardy, because what they're saying now is when the queen leaves this earth, it's going to be hard for anyone to step into that, right? right? And to keep that monarchy alive. But right now, like when you think about like what's at jeopardy, the UK is a kingdom. Mm-hmm. And if they're trying to keep pace with the modern world, does this go with it? And right. for our relationship, in order for us to move with the time and for us to move and progress our relationship and grow, we had to abandon a tradition that was imaginary in the right. first place, but we had to abandon it. And so I think you have to look at what are the routines? What are the ideas? What are the conversations that you have created as a tradition in your family structure that you need to say, we need to abandon this because we're putting at stake progression, growth. Or maybe you don't abandon it. Maybe it's time to come together and have a conversation about the current contract in question, right? <laughs> okay. So like using a football analogy, you got signed for a contract. In my opinion, those contracts don't sign a contract for more than three years because a lot can change in three years. Someone right. can get injured. Someone can do drugs. Lots of things can happen, right? <laughs> right, right? So you sign a contract for three years and then it's time to come back and renegotiate right. because this might have been more work than I anticipated. So I want to renegotiate my contract. And we had someone on our clubhouse conversation the other day give the feedback of, why don't you sit down with your husband? You know, both of you take a piece of paper. You make a list of all of the things you do to contribute to your household and your children and let him do it too. And what you'll find is that it's often like, uh, what's the word? Not, Lopsided. Yeah. It's not balanced, <laughs> right? Right, right. And so that means you need to re-up and renegotiate your contract. And I'm not saying everything needs to be 50-50. In fact, I think to have a great thriving marriage, it needs to be more like you're trying to do 80% of the work and you're trying to do 80% of the work. So that way you're always kind of serving each other, right? Not just saying like, I did mine. That's not my job. (laughs) We hate when people say that's not my job. That's not my job. Yeah. It would never be your job. But, you know, if you're trying to chase entrepreneurship, you're trying to start a business, if your kids are going away to college and you've been a stay-at-home mom for all this time, it's time to renegotiate that contract because traditionally the things that have worked in your household likely need to change. Yeah. And make no mistake, we have completely probably destroyed our children because we disrupted what we were taught. (laughs) Right. Right. We disrupted the tradition. We Mm -hmm. came to a, a new contract, a new agreement. We have shown our children that men share equal amount of the responsibility. Eddie and I both make money. We both are very driven. We're both very competitive. And we both want to create a lasting legacy for our kids. A hundred percent. That's not just with money and wealth. That's which is something we didn't have passed on to us. But it's also in knowledge. It's in personal development. It's in philosophy. It's in the way you look at the world. And so we're constantly having conversations with our kids about looking at the positive side of things, looking at the brighter side of things, looking at how you can push through something, looking at changing your perspective, right? So when the kids see you go to Costco for us or, hey, I'm going to make dinner every single night while mom's, you know, down and out, they are creating these traditions and expectations in themselves that they think when they get married, I'm going to find a guy that's going to cook half the time too, and, and that th- may not be the that case. That may not be the case. So <laughs> they may be up to a situation where they're in his marriage and someone's looking at them like, I, I don't understand what you're asking right? me to do because traditionally my mom did these things and my dad just went yes. to work every single day. And so now they're up in this, in this situation where 
they're going to be asking someone or they're going to be abandoning a tradition. Right. But in but here's but, the, wait before you go on. Can I yeah. just say this? This has come up time after time as they've gotten older and they've been in relationships, whether it be friendships, boyfriends, whatever. They'll come home and they'll complain about something and we'll say, ah, ah, ah. You believe that because that's what we instilled in you. Right. That's not necessarily the belief that everybody holds. Right. So it doesn't make it right. It just is something that you have to recognize. This person was instilled with some other software. <laughs> yeah. They got some other software installed. And right. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just not what we believe in. And it's not what we installed in you. Right. right? So that's really important. <laughs> like I'm Download using it. computer... Uh, analogies now because it's true right. basically back to the seven-year-old behaviors and and beliefs that you've been given the traditions you got that shit installed in you like a computer program mm -hmm. right and so now here you are 30 years old and you think that your software is superior to someone else's right and it is not right. so i don't ever want to come off like oh we know everything no we know good and well we know that we, know. we have set our children up for failure <laughs> We have set the bar really high for them and we have equipped them with critical thinking skills, which let's be real. If you're not listening to the push podcast and trying to grow and develop different perspectives to operate in 2021, then you're probably not going to be someone that is really progressively thinking about God, you know, I really love that perspective. That's not how I was raised, but I really can get down with like understanding that. Right. And that is the problem in 2021 that we're faced with is that we can't recognize the fact that just because you had some software installed, it might not be compatible with right now, but it's really not compatible with my software. It doesn't make either of our software wrong. We just maybe both need to go shopping. Where do you go for software? Best Buy? Well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but y'all need to do some software shopping. <laughs> but so that's where, you know, and, and one of the things that I, I have been really trying to like better understand this word and that's integration mm -hmm. right and so instead of trying to find balance because you're not going to find balance between two competing processors or operating systems to use your analogy what you're going to have to find is what software can i use that can integrate with this software mm -hmm. and work together in unison and because tradition foundation routines all those things are so important because that is where we we get our power that's where we get our self-worth from is because this is where i come from if you find people that like they come from a rich, rich culture. There's a lot of self-love that they have mm -hmm. about themselves and about where they come from because that tradition gave that power. But it, on the flip side of that, there's not always roses on, on when you're just progressing. Like when you're just moving forward and you're not getting and grounding yourself in some type of consistency and certainty, what you end up doing is you're constantly going to the next, onto the next, onto the next, moving, 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 and you're never letting something grow. You're never letting something actually find some some foundation no so that traction, it can, yeah, so no they can build, right? And so that's kind of where we're in now too. We have a lot of people that are just moving, 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 and they don't set foundation. They don't want to actually put something together that they have. We talked about this in the last podcast with this delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to plant some seeds here and I'm going to nurture this thing, which means I'm going to have to create some culture around it, right? Some traditions around what I'm doing, some routines. Right. So that it can grow and be something that's fruitful. And so a lot of times what we see with either people in business or, or people that are just individuals, they're not putting together this foundation. And so soon as there is an obstacle, soon as there is something that's a problem, everything falls apart. 
Yeah. Right. And we mentioned that that building in, in that uh, sky rise in, in San Francisco that was built on sand. Well, that's that's what happens and it sinks over time. And so I think that that's where you have to say that integration of progression and tradition is so important. And so in your life with your family, you have to find a way that how do you make them work together? Right. Because you do have to find some consistency. You do have to find some things that are that build self-worth and, and, and love. And at the same time, you got to be able to say, I got to be flexible enough to move forward. Right. And it kind of reminds me again about us ruining our children. Like (laughs) we have told them time after time, like, you know, our kids are older now. We've said this, like, there's nothing that your dad can't do that would break up our marriage. Like we've made the commitment to be in this until death do us part. That's a commitment that we made to each other. And I could see that ruining one of them when they get older. Like, you know, I don't know, heaven forbid, like your husband cheats on you and you took it from your mom that I said, stay. (laughs) And and that's not what I'm saying. right? Right. But I am saying that because we have strong communication, because we have laid the right. foundation, because we've decided we, this would be a durable relationship. That right. Would, that would, yeah. And the thing to that is like we don't love each other with conditions. Like right. I love you, but only if you don't cheat on me, and only if you treat me like I'm your number one. Right. 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 Now, don't get it twisted. Like if you started going <laughs> sideways, we'd have a problem. But again, that goes back to we are strong communicators. Right. I can't say that every one of our daughters is going to have this amazing communicative relationship where they're able to express and kind of work through those things. But someone of them somewhere is going to blame what I saw in my parents' relationships, you know, told me, my seven-year-old me, that I had to stick it out. And so I just wanted to clarify that uh, because we're humans. (laughs) And that's the beauty of traditions versus progression. Right. And the last thing I'll say about like progression is we have never, ever been in 2021 before. Mm-hmm. Our kids have never been faced with the challenges that children in 2021 have been faced with, not to mention a pandemic. Right. But they now have access to so much technology, so much information, so many competing distractions that their little brains don't know how to properly function and process all of this information that is constantly given to them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is where the the line in the sand is drawn for me when it comes to this has worked in raising children up to this point. But now, friends, it's time to reassess how we are raising children going forward, because when have you ever had an entire year of sitting in front of a computer on Zoom, right. not interacting socially with your friends, being able to run around in a playground like they are they need us more than ever to pivot with them. Yeah. They need us more than ever to develop new skills, new ways to understand them. And it's difficult. You yeah. Know? Like we have easy. our kids here. Everybody's doing distance learning. Everybody's working from home. We can't have a conversation without every like three minutes or so someone says something and it sparks something in all three of our kids that now turns into like a TikTok monologue or song. And I'm sitting there, I'm just like, can we have a conversation without TikTok like creeping in? It's like super annoying, right? (laughs) And then I noticed it when we were taking pictures of Jasmine when she was in prom, she was going to prom. Every single time we snapped a picture, she was like, let me see, let me see. I don't like it, do it again. I was like, you know what? This is what the hell you look like. No, you're not gonna see it. And all I could do is think about traditionally, you didn't 
you weren't able to see the picture right, right when you took it, right? right? And so certain traditions yeah, must and, die. And and if you don't fight, but well, here's the thing, there's two sides to that. One, I think you can teach them, but like the reality is is now progressive where you get instant gratification. Right. So how do you parent with that in mind? How do you parent knowing that it's your kids challenge. can get instant gratification, whatever they do, they think they get it now. And how do you help them with the fact that that doesn't necessarily translate into life achievements? Like right. you don't always get yeah. what you want right then and there. But and so look you, at, you have these 35 year old millennials who are ready to like just kill themselves because I haven't met the love of my life yet. And I'm supposed to be married with children by now. Like that is a real thing. Like people right. are struggling the, and suffering from FOMO. But where do they get that from? They get that from a tradition of saying, <laughs> by this time, you should be here. Right. There's something in I mean, and there's other aspects <gasps> of that, too, because there's comparison. But I think when people start to say, I'm supposed to be here when they hit, say that, that's that duality of like traditionally, this is where I should be. Mm -hmm. And I'm not there right now. Right. I'm and that's where it's driving you crazy. So you almost have to say, okay, I got to let go of that. And I just got to focus on what I need, how do I need to progress so I can be better? And then once I find out what the right timing for me and what's right for me, then right. I can make that, that um, change. But right. I think that's huge. And, and I think the last thing I will say is, is as we talk about this tradition versus progression, like we didn't get into the topic where, and we could talk about this in another conversation, but the progression we're seeing with women, the people and people of color, the progression that we're seeing of the transgender community, the 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 LGBTQ community, the progression around uh, mental health, the mental health, all these things are progressions. But there is a part of us in a society, and no one's left out. But there's a part of our society that's so rooted in this tradition that's trying to stifle that same progression. Right. And so you have to ask yourself if you're finding yourself frustrated or upset by some of the progressions that you're seeing, you got to ask yourself, where's this frustration coming from? It's probably coming from a tradition that has been bedded into you yeah. that this is the way the world should look. It should look white and it should look male. Right. right? And you got to ask yourself, who told my seven-year-old self that this is what I should be expecting? Because that's really where it came from. Like this right. is scientific data here. And so I hope this episode gave you a lot to think about. I mean, it's a lot of different things to try on. I wouldn't mind doing like a bonus episode of only talking about the crown um, <laughs> just because I feel like some people are like, ah, the royals, who cares? But there's so many great lessons. Right. And we were talking about like Eddie and I, we pause everything. Right. So we we're like, pause. OK, let's talk about this. If we were royals, would we choose each other for love or would you like, hey, you're a king. If you choose me, you got to give it all up. I think we both agreed. We'd be like, bro, I'll catch you in the next lifetime. Don't give up your kingdom. Right. Come on. Like, <laughs> Don't and so, give up your <laughs> so we just laugh about this stuff, but there's so much to unpack. Right. Another great show. Again, we don't generally watch TV, but I have nothing else to do except for sit in front of the TV, rest and recover. We watched the whole season of Your Honor. Yeah. That is fire. You guys go watch yeah. that. But it doesn't end well. I'll just leave you with <laughs> no. that. And it's not going to come for a second season. So don't come for me when you're upset about that. But that one, we were like, pause. Okay, um, here's the thing. If that yeah. was one of our kids, like, what do we do? And we're constantly having great dialogue. We're constantly summoning our kids out of their room to come out here. Jasmine, okay, if you have a hit and run, what are you going to do? I need to know right now. Because if you flee, I will turn your ass in, <laughs> yeah, right? You're going, you're going down. <laughs> and is it true? I'll just ask you on air. We know that each of our children are so different. Yeah, they would so, all do different. Like, let's just say there was a hit and run. 
And we were like, you're forced to do you either cover it up for them or you turn in your kid. We know which kids would not survive in prison. Right. Right. We know which kids, (laughs) if we were to cover it up, would probably break down from the pressure of lying and then eventually throw us. All of us. Right. So we know which kids like we can protect, which ones we need to leave alone, which ones need to pay for their (laughs) own lessons. So these are just great family conversations that I highly encourage you to enlist your children and have. So Yeah, and and tell them which one they're on. Like, hey, you're on the list um, that you are, you're going to crack under pressure. So uh, we we will not be covering up anything for you. And then here's one last one in The Crown. There's this one episode, uh, Margaret Thatcher, who's the first female prime minister. She goes and she meets with the queen and she starts crying. And it's like a big thing. You're like the first woman in power. You don't cry. So the queen's looking at her like, what the heck is happening? Thinking that it's something political or her job is hard. And she said, I'm really sorry. I can't keep my composure. My favorite son, <laughs> she said, I have two kids. They're twins. My favorite son is missing. Right. And so the queen was more like, not so much the fact that he was missing, but she told her husband, she said something that was really odd. And she said, you know, my favorite child. Right. And he goes, everybody has a favorite child. (laughs) And she goes, no, I don't. And it was this whole thing. And he goes, "Uh, yes, you do. I know who your favorite child is. And so I'm going to leave you with that. Who's your favorite child? (laughs) Everybody has a favorite child. And I'll tell you the answers to why it's your favorite child in the next episode. So Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please take two seconds to rate and review this podcast. Leave a comment. DM us on Instagram. Find us somehow because we want to read your comments. We want to know that this episode served you. We're hoping that you have a good deep perspective shifts, but also this is good dinnertime conversation. Right, 100%. Like this, these are the things you should be talking to your kids about as you're trying to uh, install their seven-year-old <laughs> software. So don't screw them up, even though you will. We will too. So have a great one, you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.